All right. Well, welcome again to Abounding Love Podcast. Um, the last time we were together on our last podcast, we finished up with chapter 2 of Acts. So I'm going to have you go ahead and open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 3. And here, once again, this is a Bible study. And um, I pray that you have your Bibles open in front of you or if you don't, maybe take a minute and, and run and grab it and come back and join us. But we'll be looking at Acts chapter 3. And the last time we were together on the last podcast, we saw how the followers of Christ were now filled with the Holy Spirit and they were taking the message of Jesus to the streets. There were now over 3,000 people in the body of Christ and they were remaining steadfast. It says in Acts 2.42, they were steadfast in the apostles' doctrine fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. They had sold all their possessions and goods and divided them among them all. And verse 46 of uh, chapter 2 there tells us that they continued daily with one accord. They were breaking bread from house to house and were living with a simplicity of heart. They were praising God. They had favor with all the people and the Lord was continuing to add to their number. So we'll continue on now in our study, and we'll pick it up in verse 1 of Acts chapter 3. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, notice a few things in these six verses. For one, Peter and John were still following the law. They were going to the temple at the hour of prayer. You see, this was the custom of the Jews, and Peter and John were still following that custom. We don't see this in the church age in which we now live in, uh, but it sure wouldn't be a bad thing to have an hour of prayer every day. I really encourage you to spend time in prayer. But, we're not under the law, and we'll study that more in depth as we go through the book of Acts. But uh, something else I see in these verses is that here's a lame man. He's laying there. He was brought daily to the gate of the temple to ask alms of everyone that entered. And a question that kind of popped into my mind as I studied this on my own is, hadn't Jesus passed this man by before? He was laid there daily, so why hadn't Jesus healed him? And maybe this question is an unfair question for me to pose because it's really not mentioned in the Bible, but I'm pointing it out just to say that God does things in his timing and in his way. And this encounter that Peter and John had with this man was God's timing. I uh, received a phone call recently. It was from an out-of-town friend of mine. Uh, when the phone rang, I 
wasn't busy at all, but for whatever reason, I just decided to ignore the, the call. Now, all of us have done that, I'm sure, but I let the call go to voicemail. Then on uh, a couple days later, um, I called him back and we talked for about a half an hour and he asked what was going on with me and I shared him what the Lord has been doing in my life personally. And he said to me, you know, Dave, I have been praying for a few days that the Lord would give me someone to talk to. He said that uh, he, he, what the guy had told me, what the friend of mine had told me was that he wanted uh, to share his heart. He wanted to share what was going on in his heart. And after I had spent a little bit of time sharing with him what was going on in my life, what the Lord was doing in my life, he, at the end of that conversation or at the end of me speaking, he said, you know, he really didn't need to, to share anything with me anymore. He said that, uh, that I answer his questions with what I shared with him. And he said, you know what? He said this to me. He said, you know, had you answered the phone the other day when I called, it wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been in a place to receive everything that you just shared with me. He said, this timing was perfect. So I thought it was just kind of neat that, you know, that was of the Lord that I ignored his phone call. <laughs> so I know it sounds funny, but you know, God's timing is perfect. Who knows why certain things happen at certain times, why certain situations arise in our lives, why we go through certain trials or tribulations or troubled times, whatever it may be. But I can assure you of this. If you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and you're trusting in him as your Lord and Savior, then all things work together for good. And he is working things out in our lives for his good pleasure. And we need to trust him. And we need to be patient to wait upon the Lord for his timing in, in our lives. And I see this situation here with this lame man. And I see that it was God's will that he be healed, but it was also God's will that it happened at the right time. Because you see, there, would, there was a, a group of people that would be impacted by this man being healed at that particular time. And we need to always keep in mind the sovereignty of God. He is all-knowing, his timing is perfect, and his reason for doing things are often beyond our comprehension. And as I sit here on this podcast today, I obviously can't know the situations of everybody's life out there, and, and you don't know mine. But God is sovereign, and you can trust in him, and you can surrender all to him today. So whatever you're going through, if you're going through a difficult time, I'm just kind of exhorting you here to say, just turn your eyes upon Jesus. Wait upon the Lord. He'll renew your strength and he'll get you through this time. Okay. But back to this lame man, he was just there every day doing the same thing. He begged for money. He was helpless but God had a plan for him too. And Peter says to this man, he said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So Peter gave this man what he had to give him. He didn't wait till he had some money on him and, and then help the guy. He gave the man what he had. And what Peter had was the knowledge of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There was still a whole lot for Peter to learn. And we'll see that as we go through the book of Acts, 
but you know that Peter continues to learn and grow. But on this day, Peter took what he knew and he gave it to this man. And we can't allow ourselves to say things like, you know, I'm not a pastor and I don't know what to say to this person. Just give them Jesus. That's what the whole world needs. That's what each and every soul on the face of this earth needs. They just need Jesus. And that's what Peter and John had. And that's what they gave to this man. They had the knowledge of Jesus. Do you have the knowledge of Jesus? Do you desire to to tell others of Jesus' love, but you don't think you're a polished speaker or you're you're not a theologian? Well, neither am I. But you can open up the Word of God and you can share it with people. It's the truth of His Word that is going to change people's hearts anyway. We need to take what we know to this poor and this lame world around us that is dying without Jesus Christ. This was a lame man. And you know, each and every one of us, if you know Jesus Christ before you came to him, you were lame. And each and every one out there that does not know Jesus Christ is spiritually lame. This, I'm sure this lame man had received money on many a days before, but the money was never a cure for him. He kept coming back. He kept coming back to that same place to beg for money. But what was the cure? What was the answer for this lame man's life? It's the same answer for this world that is dying and lost without Jesus Christ in their lives. He is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Verse 7 here in Acts chapter 3 goes on to say, And he took him by the right hand, and he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So here again, we see that the people were filled with wonder and amazement. Remember, we studied back in Acts chapter 2, verse 12, where it said that, uh, that the people were all amazed and perplexed. The followers of Jesus at that time were speaking to them in their own language, the wonderful works of God. And, and now the people are, are amazed at a healing of this man. But think about this. The nation of Israel throughout their history had seen manifestations of the power of God and it really didn't seem to affect them all that much. They were brought out of Egypt with tremendous miracles, the pillar of fire by night, the cloud by day to give them shade, God holding back the Egyptian army, opening the Red Sea and many other miracles. All throughout the history of the nation of Israel, there were miraculous events after miraculous events. And then you come to the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. And miracle after miracle was taking place for three years. In fact, John tells us in his gospel that There were so many miracles that the world couldn't hold all the books if they were were all to be recorded. And still, they couldn't comprehend 
who Jesus was. And now, not long after the crucifixion, a lame man is being healed in the name of Jesus, and the people are amazed. Look at verse 11 and 12. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness, we made this man walk? So all these people came running to the porch and they were greatly amazed by what had just happened. But Peter is very quick to shift the attention off of himself and say, don't look at us. We didn't do this. See, Peter didn't lift himself up or tell the people to follow him. And you know, Paul was the same way in his ministry. You know, I'd like to show you a couple um, examples of that. Turn, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Up a few books from, from where you are now. A couple of books. But 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse 1. Okay? It says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Paul here is desirous that the church in Cornwall consider them as servants of Christ. He did not desire a special title. He didn't want to be lifted up. Now turn, if you will, to First uh, Corinthians chapter three. Okay, just back one chapter from where you are. First Corinthians chapter three, and let's. Uh, Start in verse 4. Okay? It says, For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, this is Paul speaking, he said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Here again we see Paul not wanting the attention brought to himself. He says that he is a fellow worker. He planted, but that didn't make him anything. It was God who does the real work in the hearts of people. It's God. And, and be careful that you don't begin to follow after men. Be, caref be careful that you don't lift up a pastor and put him in a place that's above everyone else because that's not where he belongs. We are, the, the Psalm 118.8 says, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. You see, man will fail you miserably. 
Okay. But um, now let's go ahead and uh, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Just want to show you another example of this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Turn up one book from where you are. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to start in verse 5. Okay? You there? It says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the for it is God, excuse me, it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So this time Paul calls himself a bondservant. You see, all attention needs to be placed squarely on Jesus. When we go out to this world, we go in the name of Jesus, and not one of us should accept any accolades. Not one of us should put ourselves in a position where we think we're above others. Okay? Turn back to Acts chapter 3. I really wanted to drive that point home to you here. And study this for yourself. Seek the Lord. Don't listen to what I'm telling you. You'll hear me tell you that time and time again throughout this podcast. Study the Word of God. The idea of this podcast is just to open up the Word of God, to get you to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But you need to be led by the Holy Spirit yourself. You need to know the voice of Jesus yourself. Okay, don't all I'm saying is don't put there's no mediator between you and Jesus. Okay, there's no one that needs to tell you what the Lord has for your life. The word of God is is sufficient. Okay, he the word of God can teach you and instruct you. And the Holy Spirit is the comforter and the counselor. Okay, so stay plugged in the fellowship. Don't take what I'm saying wrong here. Stay plugged into fellowship, but just don't put man on a pedestal. You can go directly to Jesus Christ, okay? So now we're going to go ahead and look at, um, um, yeah, back, I'm sorry, we're back in Acts chapter 3. So the Holy Spirit used Peter and John to heal this man, and now the Holy Spirit through Peter is going to testify of Jesus. Look at verse 13 says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised up from the dead of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So Peter is saying, hey, guys and girls, you're all amazed at what just happened here. But this has taken place because of faith in Jesus. The reason this man is well is because even though you crucified Jesus, he's alive. And he is the one that has worked 
in this man's life. You see, Peter isn't taking any attention to himself here again. He's pointing everybody right to Jesus. And he's saying, hey, you know Jesus, the one you crucified? He's not dead. He's alive. And he's the one that's healed this man. But then Peter, he gives him a little compassion here in verse 17. He says, yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So just as we saw in chapter 2, Peter tells them about Jesus, but he also preaches repentance and the fact that they must be converted. But there is a promise with that uh, repentance comes times or comes times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. The 3,000 followers of Jesus were experiencing that time of refreshing from the presence of the Lord through the Holy Spirit. And Peter is calling these people to that place as well. Look at verse 20 and 21. It says, And that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. You see, we must remember here that Peter is speaking to Jews and there is a promise, there's, or there is promise throughout the, old, the whole Old Testament of the restoration of the nation of Israel. So Peter, as he addresses these Jews, he knows that Jesus could come again if Israel would repent, but that obviously was not God's plan for that time. The plan was that the gospel message would go unto the Gentiles as well. And we're going to see that as we continue on in our study through the book of Acts. But the prophets of the Old Testament spoke of the restoration that would come through Jesus Christ. And from the time of Pentecost on, uh, on up through the gospel, to the time of the gospel, the truth about Jesus has been going out in, in people's lives and people are being restored. So there is a restoration that has taken place, but it's taken place now in the hearts of men. And the day will come when Jesus will return. But for now, we're still living in that time period when whosoever will can call on the name of Jesus and their lives can be restored. Okay, But that all started with the day of Pentecost. Jesus, via the Holy Spirit, is still working on hearts today. And as you continue to study through his word, and as you continue to grow in him, you're going to see that your life will be changed from the inside out. You know, um, I read an article about uh, something that took place in Vietnam. I've got the article here. It says, Vietnam allows a large public worship service. It says, an historic event happened over the weekend in communist Vietnam when tens of thousands of Christians worshipped publicly. 
This event came about after Vietnamese Christians had suffered many years of persecution and hardships. It's a sight that many thought they would never see, the gospel openly proclaimed in a communist country. For decades, most of Vietnam's Christians have been forced to worship in secret. However, over the weekend, the government gave permission for house churches to hold an outdoor evangelistic service and more than 35,000 people showed up. It is a testimony to the faith and perseverance of the country's church leaders. As Americans, we take these kind of things for granted. The opportunity to gather and assemble, to worship and to celebrate things like Christmas. But in Vietnam, the government has not allowed this And there has not been something like this for 35 years, and this is historic, said Bruce Jackson of Jackson Family Ministries. Most Vietnamese have never heard the gospel message. When the pastor gave the altar call, some 8,000 people responded. CBN News Asia correspondent Lucille Tolleson attended the service and confirmed the number of people at the event. Thousands of people came forward to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ, Tolleson said. Actually, the stage could not hold all the people, and so most of the people were on the ground. I feel very happy because I can become a Christian, said Tram Nguyen. I cannot describe my feeling now. Really very happy. I can cry. Overwhelmed by the success of the event, the organizers fell to their knees in thanks. So you see, I read you that article to tell you that God is not done. People are still being converted. People are still coming to Jesus Christ throughout the world. Jesus Christ is still healing and restoring the hearts of people. Here in verse 22, Acts chapter 3, verse 22, it says, For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. So you see, Moses prophesied of Jesus. And he told, he told them that he was the one, Jesus was the one that they should listen to and do whatever he says. But till this day, the majority of the Jews are blind to the truth about Jesus. But God has a reason for that. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 11. Romans is right after the book of Acts here. Romans chapter 11. And we'll look at verse 25, starting in verse 25. Okay, it says, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved as it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away all, or excuse me, he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. 
So the thing for us to do by the power of the Holy Spirit is to take the gospel to the world around us. Israel will be saved. Jesus himself will turn away ungodliness from them. Their Messiah has come once, but he is coming again. Okay? And there's a reason. See, the fullness of the Gentiles has not come in yet. There's still people out there that need to be saved, and maybe that's you. Maybe you're listening to this podcast, and you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Someday the last Gentile will be saved, and all this will be over with, and Jesus will return. But back here in Acts, turning back to Acts chapter 3, and picking it up in verse 23, it says, And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. You are the sons of the prophet and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. So Peter here is preaching the truth about Jesus to them. And many during that time were receiving that truth, but many, many more were not receiving that truth. And today the same thing exists. We preach the gospel and some receive and some don't. Some say, you know, that's good for you, but I've got my own religion, or that's good for you, but I don't need that, or that's a crutch, or whatever they may say, but many people are turning down the message of salvation today that's in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you know, there is no promise that all Gentiles will be saved. The message of salvation for Gentiles is still the same today. Repent, believe in Jesus, and be saved. And you're a Gentile if you're not a Jew. And that message is a simple one for you and I, those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ. It's a simple message to take to the spiritually poor and the spiritually lame. Only by coming to Jesus will they have the strength to stand. And back in verse 11 there, it says that um, the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John. Remember, we looked at that verse there. And, and when, when we lead people to Jesus, keep in mind, those of you that are strong in the Lord, you're walking in the word of God. You've been born again. Keep in mind that uh, people may need to lean on you for a while. You know, as that lame man, he held on to Peter and John. We may need to stay right there beside them for a while, at least to get them plugged in and, and solid in the Word of God, you know, till their muscles get strengthened and grow. This man was lame from his mother's womb. And spiritually speaking, that is the way each person comes into this world. Sin makes each person born lame. And only Jesus can heal them 
but he uses us today to be his hands and feet. He uses his followers today to be his hands and feet. So we can seek the power of the Holy Spirit all we want, but if we don't step out in faith and start to show this dying world that there's hope in Jesus, then how will they ever know? So there is faith, there is hope, and obviously the greatest of all is love. And that love, I believe, is what caused Peter and John to reach out to this man and lift him up in the name of Jesus. It's that same love that we need to reach out to the spiritually lame around us. So we'll finish up here today. May God bless you. Once again, I want to exhort you to study the word, read it daily, seek the Lord, seek his face, ask for the power of his Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you through each and every day of your life. And know that he's coming again.